All right, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Four Wide Podcast. Uh, I, I can tell you now it's good to be behind the mic again, especially with my man Cody, uh, co-host of the Four Wide Podcast. What's going on, man? How you doing? Sports, especially NASCAR. I know, dude. It's uh, I was wondering if we would ever get behind the mic together again as far as show-wise. I mean, just because, you know... You're growing over there as a family, yeah, uh, man. and uh, you know everybody's just you know we're all so busy now. But um, I'm I'm glad that we're able to hop on here, man, and, and talk some racing. I know we've we've talked about it before, but to finally get a roll, man, it's it's definitely good. It feels great, man. So what's up, man? Um, how you been overall? Let's uh just just kind of how you been since really the MC Sports <laughs> Sports Podcast. Been great, man. You know, as you said, I know, right? What the last episode that we had for the, uh, the MC Sports Report was what 2017, maybe 17, I think something so, yeah. like that. So it's been about five years, man. Of course, I mean, we're brother-in-laws, so I mean we <laughs> see each other all the time, but still, no, nah, I mean, been great, like you said, families just growing, two kids, a wife. <laughs> Just, just busy, man. How about yourself? I know you're doing doing your thing on uh, the Take One podcast. Yeah, man. Just staying busy myself with work and um, trying to grow the po- that podcast as well. And um, you know, starting this one, um, trying to grow this. Uh, just staying busy, man. You know, trying to stay active as as much as possible. Uh, but dude, it's gonna be a great show. Um, now, just to kind of let everybody know, being that this is our first podcast over the next couple of weeks, obviously, you're if you're watching and listening now, you're watching on Facebook Live. So we'll be going Facebook Live uh, every Wednesday night at 815, um, unless something crazy changes. If that does, we'll make an announcement. Uh, but over the next week or so, uh, once we get this podcast uploaded, um, it will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, and a lot more. So please stay tuned for that. Um, and we'll uh, share the links to that. But Cody, Michigan, man, uh, we're a few days removed. Uh, let's let's jump into that. How, how did you feel about Michigan and uh, kind of recapping that? Yeah, no, Michigan, I think, was a, a very good race. You know, with this new car, this is uh, the second time they've been to a two-mile oval. First one was Fontana or Auto Club, but that's such a – a uh a very flat track michigan has uh, a lot of banking to it a lot of speed i think speeds were hitting up to about 205 miles an hour uh which is amazing but i mean it was a great race honestly you know you look at the top 10 uh we have uh, kevin harvick who uh who ended up winning the race bubba wallace who was on the pole finishes second honestly he might have had the fastest car uh at michigan last sunday denny hamlin finishing third joey logano fourth ryan blaney fifth martin truex jr sixth kyle larson seventh eric jones eighth alex bowman ninth and ty gibbs who's been filling in for kurt bush over the past few races he gets his first cup series top 10 finish uh but again looking at it kevin harvick he breaks a 65 race winless streak. 65 that that's insane i mean when you think about kevin harvick and you you look over the past decade of his work you know he's been in the final four uh a handful of times he has a championship so to see him go 65 races without getting a win that's that's pretty crazy, but he gets that win. He locks himself into the uh, the playoffs. Um, I do want to bring up, though, one thing that was, was very interesting about this race, and we're actually going to touch on it later on, but I said Bubba Wallace probably had the fastest car. Denny Hamlin had a very fast car as well, yeah. but 
he got hit with a uh, too many men over the wall uh, on the final pit stop, which made him start, I believe, restart 23rd with about 35 laps left. Hey, he made his way back all the way up to third, but it was too little too late for him to to catch Kevin Harvick. But again, a, a great race. Kevin Harvick punches his ticket in. Uh, what, what do you think about the race? I thought it was good, man. It was very entertaining. Uh, for me, the two standouts is in the top 10. Obviously, you can't ignore Kevin Harvick snapping that 65 uh, race winless streak. So that was obviously impressive um, and obviously good for him. He punches his ticket to the playoffs for now. Uh, we'll jump into <laughs> that topic uh, a little later as well. But the two that stick out to me, obviously, we we you kind of touched on it. Bubba Wallace, who possibly had the fastest car. Um, I can tell you what, Kevin Harvick is uh, sending my man Joey Logano some uh, <laughs> some uh, flowers today because obviously they had a pass, but um, sending them some flowers today because Joey Logano did his job um, as a Ford manufactured teammate holding off Bubba Wallace. I mean, that battle between those two allowed Kevin Harvick to pull away uh, towards the end of that race, and Kevin Harvick didn't look back. He just kept pulling away. Uh, but obviously that battle uh, held Bubba Wallace up. Uh, finally, once he got past Joey Logano, it was just a little, little too late. Um, and then the number one, the other guy that sticks out to me is the 12-year-old uh, in this graphic, Ty, Ty Gibbs. Um, it's, no, it's, it's funny, though, dude, because you look at the graphic, and it's who's the standout, and it's obviously – uh, Ty Gibbs, but hell of a race for Ty Gibbs. You know, his second full start um, due to Kurt Busch not being able to uh, get behind the wheel again. Um, and he finished in the top 10. He obviously kind of had an up and down day too as well. Um, penalties and, you know, just all kinds of things. And he was able to squeeze his way back up in the top 10. A hell of a run by him. Um, and, dude, it was just a really good race overall. Um, I thought it was good. Um, kind of something that uh, – that shocked me, man. I've I've been kind of on the. I've been giving I've been giving Ross Chastain some some hell over the past few weeks, and deservingly so. Like I, I it's like I like the way he races, but sometimes it just kind of pisses me off because you know, um, he's a lot he's a lot more talented than the mistakes that he's making. Um, but you know, I said you know I, we were me, you, and Nick, and in our racing group were messaging back and forth this week, and as soon as the incident happened with uh with him, and I wanted Christopher Bell, correct? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but when that incident happened, I was like, look, that wasn't on Ross Chastain. That was Christopher Bell's uh, fault. But I was listening to um, – I forgot I forgot the name of the podcast, but it was on Dale Jr.'s uh, Dirty Mo Media. Dwarf um, Up and Clear? Yeah, yeah, on that one. And they were kind of blaming Ross for that. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. That was all on Christopher Bell. It's like one of them said that it was on Christopher Bell, but on the back half of that was taking every shot at Ross saying that, you know, Ross was in a situation where he should have let up and it kind of looked like Ross had, you know, put his left, his left front into the rear fender of, and I was like, no, no. I mean, Christopher Bell pushed the envelope there, which, which, you know, that's, that's all on him. And I, let's be honest, it ruined, it kind it ruined Ross Chastain's day and Daniel Suarez's day on top well, of you, Christopher Bell's day. You, you look at that incident and I can understand there being, you know, some of the crowd saying that it was on Ross Chastain just because of what we've seen from him over the past year, as far as how hard he races other people. Seems like he's always in some sort of incident that seems to be his fault. But at the same time, nobody's going to to let up with 39 laps left to go. You know, I mean, it, it's all about taking what you can get. 
And I mean, these are professional race car drivers. So in no way was that Ross Chastain's fault. And like you said, yeah, it messed up a, a few people's day. And it, Ross Chastain, who he might have had a, a top three car uh, at Michigan this past Sunday, he, he wasn't able to do anything with it after that caution came out. So uh, one thing I want to talk about before we jump into our, our main topic is uh, taking a look at the playoff standings. And with Kevin Harvick getting that win, as we said, it, it basically locks him into the the playoffs for this year. Three races remain. But if you you really pay attention and you look at uh, who's sitting at 16 and below Ryan Blaney at plus 19 right now, if the season ended, he would be in the playoffs. You have Martin Truex Jr. right outside of that window, Eric Jones, Eric Almarola, and Bubba Wallace. So these next three races, especially when you look to see how close Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. are in these standings, it's going to get very crazy. Uh, it seems like there are, you know, a lot of jockeying for position right now, especially in these last this last spot. But like I said, three races remain. And, you know, we could get three totally different drivers who haven't even won at all this year, which would just be pure chaos for NASCAR to figure out who are the 16 that are going to make it. But I want to know from you real quick, just looking at these standings and seeing where uh, that that cutoff is. What are your thoughts on that moving forward on these next three races? Man, it's uh, it's interesting. And I love I love this is, you know, I see a lot of people complain about the way the new the new system works as far as you win and you're in. But I absolutely love the way this is set up. I mean, this is causing so much drama and excitement for us as fans uh, on the outside looking in. I mean, you think about these next three races, you have a short track, a road course and then a restricted play race. Yep. You're talking about three different tracks where anybody could win in, and we're going to jump into the Richmond race more in detail later. But as far as the Richmond race, we talked about the Toyotas being strong at Richmond. Yep. We know that Martin Truex Jr. is going to run well there. Bubba Wallace has a chance to run there, you know, four top tens in the past four races. So you know that he's looking to keep that up. And Eric Almarola always runs pretty well, pretty solid at Richmond. So you're talking about three drivers right there on the edge that has a chance to win this week yeah. and then you throw in there you you talk about the road course where any you know that's anybody's game uh you know the the guy who everybody assumed that would at least have a win by now at a road course is chase elliott doesn't have a win so right. at the road course so anybody can win and then obviously when it comes to restricted play racing bubba wallace is very strong there yep. um but anything can happen at those three races so i absolutely love the system that nascar has has here um and i i i i'm very excited for these next three races because um and then we're like i said we're going to dive into it later the the excitement that richmond has at its track the lack of the excitement of the race hopefully this can bring some excitement to it and yep. that these drivers push a little harder uh we can expect martin truex to push really hard and everybody on the bubble to push really hard i mean it would be a shame for guys like martin truex and ryan blaney to work so hard that have done I would say be, that, that I've been very, very consistent throughout this season that just haven't been able to, you know, had the luck go their way or yeah. cash in to go into victory lane to miss the playoffs. So, you know, they're going to be pushing as hard as possible. And you want, you know, Bubba Wallace wants to get in. Eric Almarola wants to get in. We talk about the struggles at Stuart Haas racing. How big would it be to have two cars, uh, actually three cars, correct? Uh, because uh, what's his name? Juan? For Stuart uh, Haas? Yeah. Yeah. Harvick um, and uh, Briscoe. 
Briscoe. So imagine if Eric Almirola can get a run in these next couple of races. He's talking about the three cars getting in, uh, three of those cars getting in. That would be huge. So, um, yeah, man, it's good. I'm excited for it. I think the the craziest thing or the craziest outcome that could happen in these next three races is what you just saw as far as those standings go. That's the playoff standings. As, as you know, NASCAR is one that if they, they say if you win, you're in. So it doesn't necessarily mean like, hey, you need to have this many points. If you get a win, you're in. But you look at Ryan Blaney, what's not shown on here is just the actual point system. Take away the wins. You just look at the point standings for the year. Ryan Blaney, while he doesn't have a win, you can say he is one of the most consistent drivers this year because he's currently sitting second in the standings as far as points go. So how wild would that be? If for some reason Ryan Blaney isn't able to get a win in these next three races, he's not able to hold on to that 16th spot. He finishes second in the point standings, but yet does not make the playoffs whatsoever. Pretty crazy. And I, I think that's where the people that come in that say they think the system is flawed. That's where their argument's going to be. Um, and I, I get it. Trust me, I get it. I know it's got to be frustrating for Ryan Blaney, uh, Ryan Blaney's fans, the crew, everybody involved on that team. But the name of the game is to win. You know, yeah. everybody wants to win. So uh, I, I like what NASCAR has done with this system. I'm not sure about you. How do you feel about it? I mean, do you feel, do you like this a lot better than the old Chase system? I, I love this system. And I'm going to tell you why. It, it's a true playoff format you know you you look at the the main sports you know your your football your basketball baseball hockey they have a playoff system you have a regular season then you have the playoffs where you have eliminations happening throughout with the chase it was hey we're going to reset the points and then we're just going to go from there it's going to be an all-out points battle for the last 10 races but for the the new playoff system it's simply listen you got to be consistent you're nine times out of 10 going to have to win. And we also throw in, hey, after every three races, we're getting rid of four drivers. I, I just I think it's a beautiful thing. Does NASCAR need to tweak the regular season a little bit to kind of figure out exactly who makes it into the playoffs? Sure. I would say just a um, a quick suggestion is the 16 drivers are who makes it right. Well, if say you have 19 winners, all 19 drivers make it. Just as simple as that. You you really mean if you win, you're in. But speaking of 19 winners, let's go ahead and jump into our first topic, which is will there be 17 winners before the playoffs start? Man, this is a good one, man. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes, and um we'll get into my our Richmond predictions later. Um, but I'm really looking at the road course coming up and um, obviously Daytona, uh, the two tracks that I'm looking at, especially Daytona, because anybody could win there. But you're also talking about a road course track where you have certain drivers who may not be strong throughout the regular season, but are very, very strong road course drivers. Um, and I think that this is this is the year, the first year that we will have 17 drivers win it. I, I think it's going to happen and I think it's going to happen at those two tracks. I, I'm in agreement with you. I do think that we're going to get 
uh, 17 winners, which again, that's going to be pure chaos for NASCAR, but who doesn't <laughs> love chaos, right? So, and I agree with you when it comes to looking at these three races coming up, they're all different, right? You have your Richmond, a short track, you have Watkins Glen, a road course, then you have Daytona, super speedway restrictor plate race, which is literally a flip of the coin. You never know who's going to win until the last lap. So, I mean, the, the three drivers that we have right there on uh, the graphic, it's not going to surprise me if two of them are the winners of these next three races. Uh, you know, like you said, we'll get into our Richmond predictions a little later. But even just looking a little forward to the that last cutoff race before the playoffs, Daytona, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is very good at super speedways. Austin Dillon is pretty good at super speedways. I mean, you have guys that, you know, you're not necessarily talking about who are, you know, maybe 21st, 22nd, 23rd in points that they know that it's basically my back is against the wall. I have to leave it all out there. That's why that Daytona race is going to be epic, man. But I mean, you are both in agreement that there will be 17 winners. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know how it's going to work with that, though. Obviously, they're going to go. It's 16 drivers are going to make the playoffs if they're 17 winners. And that last spot is going to be decided by points. But the Kurt Busch situation is something that we have to keep an eye on because, you know, he's been out the last three races. NASCAR does say that he will have a waiver. But if you were to look at it right now, he would be the lowest guy as far as points goes. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm here for it, man. So is there not like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if you know, is there, is there not a system out there like that as far as when it, so like if it comes to wins, the lowest person in points would be booted. Is that, if that's how it is, it would be, it would be Kurt Busch, correct? Yeah, I believe that's how it is. I think that's why NASCAR still, you know, does the actual point system just in the event of tiebreakers and so forth like that. So, yeah, looking at it because of the three races that he's missed, Kurt Busch would be the odd man looking out. And I don't believe that that waiver would save him. I think it would yeah. it's simply the waiver saves him if he does make the playoffs that he's able to return and compete for a championship. But if there are 17 winners, I do believe he's the odd man looking out. So I want to ask you this, man. Um, obviously, we we expected Bubba Wallace to improve this year. Uh, that was the expectations. Obviously, last year, you know, first time uh, on that team, second coming into his second year, you know, it's time to get the ball rolling. And lately, they've been able to do that. They've had some crew issues on pit road throughout the season. It looks like they've kind of taken care of that. Um, but looking at these other two drivers on the graphic, Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Blaney, how shocked are you that the neither of these drivers have a win yet? You know, when you look at Martin Truex Jr., this is a guy that he's been very good in his career, but he's really turned it up when he was with Furniture Row, uh, who was the affiliate of JGR, and now in a JGR equipment car for the past, what, four or five years. To see him not get a win yet. You see his other teammates have. Denny Hamlin has a few wins. Christopher Bell has a win. Kyle Busch has a win. So to see Martin Truex Jr., what, 23 races in without a win is very shocking. When it comes to Ryan Blaney, as I said earlier, Ryan Blaney, he's a consistent driver. Sometimes I feel like, you know, his wins aren't necessarily dominant. He's kind of like, you know, in the right place at the right time, which is that's nothing against him at all. 
I mean, you know, he, he's a hell of a driver. But I do agree, just like with Martin Truex Jr., Joey Logano has a win. Austin Cindric, he got the win uh, at the Daytona 500 this year. So those yeah. two Penske cars are in. So it's just weird to see these two drivers who some might say is the best of the stable and what they have as far as teammates go, have yet to get a win, have yet to lock themselves in the playoffs. Yeah, super shocking for me as well, especially on the Martin Truex front, man. He's been so dominant these past few years, um, specifically at Richmond. You know, we, um, so for him to not have a win so far uh, is is really is really shocking to me. So, um, but real quick before we get off this subject, I know you brought up uh, Kurt Busch. How do you how do you feel on Kurt Busch? I mean, what is your what is your senses of obviously? Um, you know, we've heard drivers throughout the season say that this new car doesn't observe the hits. It, well, as far as the body wise, they do, but the hits are a lot more impactful. Right. Uh, the drivers are more um, bruised and, and sore after they take some of these hits. And we looked at it and a good example is the Kurt Busch hit. Obviously, he's older, so he's going to be primed to more injuries and stuff like that as well. But when I first saw the hit, it didn't look too bad. Yeah. Um. So what do you what do you think about Kurt Busch, man? I mean, do you? Or do you feel like that he's obviously on, obviously he's on the back end of his career and he's talked about that. It's been brought up to him pretty much every week the past year or so. Um, but how do you feel about Kurt Busch and his situation right now? I mean, it sucks for him, honestly. Kurt Busch is a hell of a driver. Uh, I see this situation and it reminds me a lot of Dale Jr. You know, towards the end of Dale Jr.'s career, he did get that concussion at, I believe it was Kansas. And, you know, it basically knocked him out for the rest of the year. He came back for one more year and, and that was it. And I can see something similar with Kurt Busch. I know it. everything is lining up before the concussions that Kurt Busch would likely drive one more year in 2023 and probably call it quits. But you know, does, does this ramp up the process a little more? You know, does he hang him up after this because of this concussion? As you said, we both looked at it. It didn't look that bad, but concussions are just something that we still don't know that much about. You know, the littlest of things can cause you to have a concussion. Yeah. So he's missed uh, the last three races. It was announced that Ty Gibbs will be in the 45 again this week as Kurt Busch is still recovering. So I, I hope he does come back, but it honestly wouldn't surprise me if he goes ahead and hangs it up after this year. Well, we know that it was announced that Tyler Reddick will be headed over there in two years. Now, we, there's been a lot of talk that it could happen a lot sooner than than expected. So uh, it was kind of weird for them to announce it as soon as they did. Um, and I, th I think RCR kind of said that in a tweet as well. Uh, kind of Childress, funny. He's, he's mad yeah. about it, man. Oh, he's, he's angry. I mean, <laughs> Tyler Reddick has been phenomenal this year. He just continues to show uh, the talent that he has um, and, and for – that was such a, a good grab by Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan and everybody over there at 2311 Racing. Um, to have that young talent over there, absolutely phenomenal. After it was announced, didn't Denny Hamlin put a chess piece up on Twitter? Like that was his, I his tweet. So. I, I think just, so. Yeah, man. It, it's it, to to have the the vision, right? To to look ahead. Like you're not just looking at next season. You're looking ahead of that i that is a 100 percent chess not checkers move it, it brilliant and again you know me and you we both agree that tyler reddick is a hell of a driver especially seeing what he's been able to do in that rcr equipment which you know rcr isn't a top tier team like they used to be so it's going to be fun to see tyler reddick when he's in that jgr equipment
Well, moving on from one Bush to the other, let's go ahead and jump over to Kyle Bush, and he has been the talk of the season. Um, and obviously his season hasn't gone the way that he has wanted it to go. Um, he does have a dub. Uh, but the thing is, these past few weeks and really throughout the the season, he hasn't been the dominant Kyle Bush that we've seen in the past years. Now, um, I don't think Kyle Bush is, is a driver that doesn't perform under pressure. He's he's obviously uh, a champion, um, so he knows how to race under under circumstances like this. But as far as his contract situation goes, Cody, are, the, are these poor finishes this season kind of hurting his contract negotiations? I, I'm gonna be honest. I think it it dates back a little further than just this season. All right. So if if you look at Kyle Busch, we know he's a hell of a driver. He's been one of the best drivers over the past decade. He's a two time NASCAR champion, sixty career NASCAR Cup wins, which is ninth all time. Two hundred and twenty four wins between the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Truck Series. But if you look at what he was doing between 2015 and 2019, that's when he got those two championships. He was averaging about six wins a season. Over the past two seasons, he only has a combined four wins. So somewhere along the line, something's going on. And I can't sit here and say it's equipment. Because Denny Hamlin has been doing very well the past two years. We already said Truex doesn't have a win this year, but Truex, he made it into the Final Four last year and almost won the championship, if not for a late caution. So it's, I just, I really feel Kyle Busch is in uncharted territory. He He's not used to this. He's used to performing, being one of the best drivers in Cup, and to only have four combined wins over the past two years, that's really saying a lot. We know Eminem's is leaving. That's something that I believe was announced last year, but this was going to be their final year. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know if if these sponsors, which we all know sponsorship is hard to get in NASCAR. You know, that's a, a big commitment from a company to dish out millions and millions of dollars for a race car. But we we don't know what's really playing a factor. Kyle Busch will be 38 next season. I'm not saying he's washed, but at the same time, 30, I mean, you're not a 27 year old anymore. You know, you're getting close to 40. Your, your racing looks like it's declining. I think it's just a, a, a big factor of all of that as to why they're not able to lock up any sort of sponsorship for him right now. Yeah, I agree. And I think sponsorship is the main thing that is holding him back from a lot of these contract negotiations, especially with uh, Joe Gibbs in a sense, because, um, you know, we talk about it, you know, um, you know, you have a team that can offer somebody, you know, let's say $20 million. Well, if you have, if, if Eminem's is, you know, willing to, you know, get on for 15 million or 10 million or whatever, you, you know, you're going to have that driver bring that sponsor to that team. So that's super huge. And the fact that one, that Eminem's is leaving the sport of NASCAR is huge hit. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Harper. I mean, I remember Eminem's being in the sport for as long as I can remember. Ernie so Irvin, been in, man. Yeah, they've been in it a long time. So see them leave is is not good. And you know, Kyle Bush and Eminem's have had a great sponsorship and they've supported him to the fullest, two championships to show for it. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I think uh, you know, I don't I don't know what to believe. Obviously, Kyle Bush knows that he is one of the best drivers out there. Um, but he and that's kind of what he expected going into these contract negotiations you know kind of what he brought to the table hey look i've won two championships i'm one of the best drivers of all time you know i think i deserve this but one when you don't have the sponsors to come with you 
um, when you have a big question mark as far as sponsorship for next year, teams are just not going to jump on that. They can't afford to. I mean, this is a sport that is run by sponsors. So um, we, we, and that's allowed Cal Bush to kind of humble himself a little bit saying that he's, he'd be willing to take a pay cut. Um, and, and in a lot of senses, I don't know if I would believe that, but the way that things are shaping up, the way things are going, he doesn't really have a choice. Um, yeah. so I don't know, man. I mean, there's there's been several teams involved. So many things coming out of the woodworks. Now they're saying that a Chevy team is involved. Who could that be? Um, obviously, <laughs> Stuart Haas Racing is out there as well. Stuart Haas, you know, Haas can definitely afford him if if that's what they want to go with Kyle Busch. Um, could a could a reunitement from I don't know. I saw I saw this and I thought it was absolutely crazy. Hendrick, it's not gonna happen. Um, I want to say it was Bowman they were talking about getting out of there, but I don't I don't see that happening. I think uh I think Hendrick Motorsports is set with the core four that they have, at least for right now. Um, but I, I'm very intrigued with this story um because I love I love Kyle Bush as a NASCAR driver. I think he brings um intensity to the sport. I don't like some of his antics, he kind of pisses me off sometimes, but it's that fire that we need in the sport. And, you know, that we need those drivers that we don't like in a sense as yeah. far, you know, so I don't know, man, it's, uh, I hope he gets a ride. I don't, I don't see him sitting out next year, but at the all get, ah, man, they got to do something. So, and you brought up a great point when you were talking about the possibilities for Kyle Busch, if he's not able to re-sign with Joe Gibbs racing, where does he go? And, you know, I'm wondering if the Chevrolet team that they're talking about is colleague racing. You know, they they have uh, a kind of a driver by committee going on right now with uh, Noah Gregson, who actually congratulations to him. He'll be in the number 42 for Petty um, GMS racing next year, taking over for Ty Dillon. Uh, but they also have A.J. Allmendinger in that seat, too. So, you know, maybe does he go there or, as you said, Stuart Haas racing? This is Eric Almarola's last year. He's retiring after this year. So that seat, the number 10 seat would be open. Um, you know, I've even thought. And this is just kind of me jumping down the rabbit hole, looking to see what possibly could happen. I could also see if Kurt Busch were to retire. Maybe he goes over to the 45, right? Or if Kurt Busch retires, Denny Hamlin goes ahead and speeds up the process and brings Tyler Reddick over for 2023 instead of 2024. The number eight ride, which is also a Chevrolet team, RCR, that's wide open for uh, Kyle Busch as well. So, I mean, I do feel that he's going to have his options. It might not be top tier options like he's accustomed to with JGR, but he's going to have options. But seeing this question, I want to flip it a little bit. So the question, are poor finishes this season hurting Kyle Bush's contract negotiations? Let me ask you this. Are the Kyle Bush negotiations affecting his finishes this year? Mm. That goes back to – it goes back, I guess, to my main point as far as I, I want to believe that Kyle Bush is professional enough to kind of not let this affect him. So I'm going to go – I'm going to lean on that. I'm going to say no. Um, and one of the, one of the reasons for that is because like you said, it kind of dates back longer than just this year. Right. So, um, I'm not saying that it has zero effect on it. Maybe it does. I'm, I know it's on his mind. He's been open about it. He's, he's been open saying that it does affect him a lot of sleepless nights for him. 
was his exact quote. So um, when he says stuff like that, it's hard to not think that it's affecting his finishes. But I, I do believe that he is professional enough to um, know what's on the line, to get in that car, put that behind him, and just focus what's ahead of him. And a big, like I said, a big part of that is just his finishes leading back past this year, um, as you alluded to. There's one thing that is is very interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, a win is a win. You, you know, you're not going to take it away from anybody. But if you look at Kyle Busch this season, he has one win, which is at the Bristol Dirt Race. If it wasn't for Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick wrecking each other in turn four on the last lap, Kyle Busch would be winless right now. He might be on the outside looking in with Martin Truex Jr., his his teammate. So I just... and And you know that. You as a fan knows how that happens and how he won. Obviously, sometimes it does take luck. Sometimes uh, you're not going to take away a win. Sometimes you got to be in the right place at the right time. But when you take things like this to a uh, contract negotiation, whether it's NASCAR, NFL, NBA, whatever it is, you look at situational stuff like this. And the fact that he hasn't been dominant like he's been in the past, that gets brought up in these contract negotiations. Every little thing gets brought up. So I'm glad you pointed that out because you're not the only one that's pointing that out. I can guarantee you that Joe Gibbs and everybody gives are pointing that out when it comes to contract negotiations. Um, other teams that he has talked to, they're kind of pointing that out as well. Um, and I saw something this week saying that contract negotiations between him and JGR have stopped. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not, but that's just kind of what's out there from people that are in the garage every weekend. So I don't know what to believe. Um, but yeah, I don't know, dude. There's there's one factor we haven't talked about, which is actually going to lead us to our, our next topic. What's up? Ty Gibbs, the, the phenom from uh who JGR <laughs> Joe Gibbs racing his his uh his grandson has been absolutely dominant in the Xfinity series, right? Maybe, maybe he's in Kyle Bush's head, right? Maybe, you know, the, the plan as of right now is for JGR to bring Ty Gibbs up in 2024. Okay. Going to put him in Xfinity one more year, bring him up in 2024. But we're seeing what's going on with the Kyle Bush negotiations right now. They're, they're not going anywhere that could leave open a spot. So if Kyle Bush and JGR do not get a contract together, should JGR scrap those 2024 plans and go ahead and move Ty Gibbs up to the Cup Series next year? Man, um, why not? Why not? I mean, the, th the thing is, you said it. If you're just running your round in circles and you're in a corner and really nothing's going anywhere, there's going to come a point here soon. I mean, it has to be soon. We're coming into September getting ready to go into the playoffs for this year. Right now, Kyle Busch doesn't have a ride. And, you know, there's no – what's the plan for the number 18 team? There is none right now. So you got – everybody involved uh, has to start making moves now. So if these contract negotiations are going nowhere, there comes a point, which, like I said, needs to be now, where you say, okay, we're not getting anywhere. We're going to move on. I would bring Ty Gibbs up. I think Ty Gibbs is ready to move up. I'm not saying that these past two races have proven that he's going to be an elite driver, but I mean, personally, based off what I've seen, I think he's going to be a very good driver and could be an elite driver. And I think that he is ready to come into the sport, to come into the cup series, despite looking nine years old. Like I definitely <laughs> think that he's, he's, he's a, he's, he's, he's in a good spot 
and coming to a team like Gibbs would put him in great equipment for him to succeed. I think that he would succeed, and I think it's a smart move. I mean, one, you're going to be saving money bringing Ty Gibbs into that 18 car um, and bringing him onto the team. Why not? That's 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 my whole thing. Why not? I agree. I look at Ty Gibbs. I look at the success he's had in the Xfinity series. Uh, he has nine wins in his 39 career Xfinity starts, which that that's amazing. You know, the, the kid is 19. He'll be 20 in October this year. There's another factor to this that I think just makes all the sense in the world. Ty Gibbs, this him racing these last three races in the Cup Series. He's never raced as far as a Cup Series car. He's never racing anything but this new generation car that they're racing. Why not bring him up and just let him learn with this car? Everybody's on the same playing field basically right now. You're already going to have him go to an amazing team with JGR. He's going to have the best equipment. He's going to have top-of-the-line crew chiefs. Uh, pit crews, that's a little questionable. Uh, but it, it just makes all the sense in the world to go ahead and bring Ty Gibbs up. And I understand JGR, Kyle Busch, he brings in the money. Obviously, the this whole contract dispute, the, the sponsorship not coming in, that's big. But if I'm JGR, I have to draw a line in the sand. I have to say, if something isn't done by this date, we're scrapping plans, we're bringing Ty Gibbs up, and we're just going to let him learn this car with the rest of these other drivers out there. It just makes all the sense in the world to do that. I loved what I saw from him in Michigan. You know, he faced a little adversity and was able to drive that 45 car and just his second start to a, to a top 10 finish. Uh, and I believe he finished in the top 20 the week before. He, he has, he's finished in the top 23 times in all three races. He's finished every single lap, never been a lap yep. down. He's finished every race and he got that top 10 this week. And I don't know if you listened to Dale Jr.'s uh, podcast this week, but Ty Gibbs was actually on there and I was listening to it today. And he said that he was happy with the top 10, but he knows that the speed that he had in his car, he feels like he could have easily had a top five. That's what you want to hear from your driver, especially yeah. this young guy already understanding some things with this new car. Yeah, no, absolutely. I haven't been able to watch it. I was actually watching um, a clip on YouTube before I got. I saw that he was on the podcast, uh, kind of talking about how he found out he was going to be in his, you know, yep. in that first race. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going back to listening, listening to that. But yeah, man, I think that he's, he is time. Why not? Perfect time, like you said, new car. Everybody is kind of on the same playing field. He's yep. done a great job so far in the races that he's been in. And he can learn from guys like Martin Truex Jr. and yep. Denny Hamlin. I mean, it's just a great situation. And you're going to have – you mentioned Kurt Busch is 38 years old as well. So if you re-sign him, how long are you going to re-sign him for? Yep. Is it going to be for a year, four years? What you know? What's it going to be? I mean, you have a perfect opportunity to grab the future right now of your team and bring him in. So yep. – to me, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. No disrespect to Kyle Busch because he is a champion in this in this uh, Cup Series, but you know it's it it's not a bad it's not a bad thing to move on and move to the future. I mean, he Kyle Busch has done great things for Joe Gibbs, and that team has done great things for him. It's been a great relationship. There should be no sour patches or anything like that. It's time to move on, and I would bring Ty Gibbs up to the Cup Series. I agree. Uh, you heard me say something about just talking about what he would be coming into. He'd be coming into great equipment. He'd be coming into uh, top-of-the-line crew chiefs and shops. But 
I did say it was a little questionable when it comes to those pit crews that JGR has, which will take us to our next topic in Denny Hamlin. Uh, Denny Hamlin has, it has not been his year this year when it comes to pit road, man. Uh, I, I'm, so, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take a timeout. First show. I forgot to upload the graphic. It's all good. I forgot hey, to upload the graphic. It's all good, bro. Oh, so man. it's all good. So the, the question that we had when it comes to Denny Hamlin <laughs> talking about the pit crew is looking at what's been going on with him lately, looking at what happened with him in Michigan with uh final pit stop. He gets too many men over uh pit wall. He had to restart 23rd, which cost him possibly a win. Is Denny Hamlin a true championship threat with all of these pit crew woes going on this season? Mm. See, this is a tough question because we've seen, for example, last year, a pit crew win a championship or help was was a real vital piece in you know Kyle Larson winning that championship last year. That was a great pit stop by that team. Got him out in front that ultimately won him the race and the championship. So um I'm gonna say if the if the woes don't improve and they're they keep continuing, which that is the trend, what is it like 30 over 30 some pit pit row penalties in a sense? I mean if I'm not mistaken it's close to that. It's like I heard him say it. It's like thirty three or thirty five, which is absolutely mind blowing to it think is. about. So, especially, it's very frustrating, and you could hear it in Denny Hamlin's voice on Sunday. It's like he was shocked, but not shocked. He was just yeah. he felt it like this is okay. You just cost me a race uh, because I think he had a very good shot there at winning that race if he doesn't get that penalty. So, um, very deflating. I'm gonna say no if it continues. Um, but if they can clean it up, absolutely. Um, he's had the fast car um, throughout the playoff or throughout the entire season. Obviously, um, Denny Hamlin is, has been a very consistent driver in his career. Hasn't missed the playoffs, but maybe once or twice. Um, and one of them was due to injury. But the thing is, he hasn't been able to capitalize in the play in the playoffs, and that's that's huge. So I don't know if that's going to change this year either. But when it comes specifically to the pit woe, uh, the pit the pit road woes, if it doesn't improve, absolutely not. You cannot win a championship, especially going to that last race of the season, continuing to make. I mean, you have to be perfect. You just have to be perfect. I, I look at it like this. The pit crew, having a, a stellar pit crew is definitely a, a benefit. You know, it, it's a pro when it comes to NASCAR. But even if he had the, the best pit crew in this season, I don't know if I can call him a championship threat, man. And it, you brought it up. He's made it to that Final Four countless times, but he's never been able to put it all together. So I just really feel like when you look at Denny Hamlin, and this is no shot at either of the drivers, Denny Hamlin or this driver I'm about to say, but his career is really going the route of Mark Martin. Mark Martin, hell of a driver, plenty of wins in the NASCAR series, but oh, he's always been the runner up when it comes to, or he's always, he's finished runner up as far as the championship goes, I believe five times. You, you know, I mean, again, it's one of those things where fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. 
And that's truly what it is when it comes to Danny Hamlin. We've seen him make it to that final four. We've seen him be the quote unquote championship favorite, but he's never been able to pull it through. Yeah. And the year that sticks out to me is a couple of years ago when him and Harvick were going back and forth with all those wins and just wasn't able to finish it off. So I can't argue with you because the facts are the facts and, and that's what they are. I've gone back and forth with my personal relationship with Denny Hamlin, liking him, <laughs> not liking him. You know, I've liked everything. Like, I think he's a, he's, a, he's great for the sport of Na uh, sport of NASCAR, everything that he's doing over at 2311. Um, he's, and he's been a great driver for the, for the series as well, but you know, He's one of those – he's going to need a championship, man. I mean, he he has to have a championship. That's really the only thing missing. He's won 9,000 Daytona 500s. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the you know, the one – he just needs that championship, man. And and I, it's funny you bring up the Mark Martin thing. I hear that compared to him a lot, actually. He was on one of the Dale Jr. podcasts um, on that channel uh, last week, and a fan wrote in that he was com that they compared him to the modern day Mark Martin is what they called him, and yep. he took that. He was like, "I'll take that as a compliment." And he it says, is. Well, he's. I've heard him in many and many many like interviews, like on uh, Corey LaJoy's uh, podcast as well. And I don't know if he, I don't know if he truly believes this or he's just saying it. He doesn't think he says he doesn't think he's that talented of a NASCAR driver. He thinks a lot of it has to do with the equipment and the situation that he's in. Like, I'm not lying. Like, I've heard him say it like three times now. So, so he's basically saying that if he was on a lesser team, he would just be absolutely horrible. I'm serious. Yes. That's what, that's a weird flex, man. <laughs> I know. We're very weird. That's why, that's why I wanted to bring it up. I'm like, okay, what are you doing? You're just calling yeah, I mean, even if you believe that, I don't think you publicly <laughs> say, say that, man. And the fact that he said him, I've heard him say it multiple times. It's just. It's just weird. Like I've heard him say that. Like when he says he, for example, the modern day Mark Martin comment, he was like, "I'll take that as a compliment because I don't think I'm that talented." So I'll take that as a compliment. So I'm like, "Okay, I mean, I think you're pretty talented. You've won a lot of races in this series. Understand yeah. you don't you don't have that championship. Dale Jr. doesn't have that championship, but he was a great NASCAR driver. There's a lot of people in sports Ooh. that have not won championships that are great. I drivers. wonder if that's Denny Hamlin like trying to take you know the the burden off of him by could be. like it could you be. know he, he's saying that so people will say oh well you know maybe he's really not that great of a driver so we shouldn't you know expect him to win a championship but still i somebody who's he almost has 60 career wins i believe uh in the the nascar cup series like we've said he's finished uh in the the top four uh, as far as the playoff standings go i believe five or six times that is such a weird, weird thing dude. to say. But I mean, speaking of Denny Hamlin, you know, and this is going to go ahead and take us into our uh, to our final topic, just talking about the, the Richmond preview. Denny Hamlin, he's amazing at Richmond, you know, and you look at uh, Richmond, it's a three quarter uh, mile track. Uh, it relatively goes caution free. Unfortunately. Oh, yeah, be honest. Be honest. Look, over the We've past five races, over the past five races, if you take out the stage breaks, which they will consider those cautions, each Richmond race over the last five races has averaged three cautions. It's a 400 lap race. If you're only getting three cautions, that simply means that it's going to be a lot of green flag running. And the field just gets spread out. 
and it, it normally ends up being only maybe two or three guys being able to compete for the win because of that. But when you look at the history of, of Richmond, you look at the past five winners at uh, RIR, we'll go with Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin finished uh, first in the 2022 April race. Martin Truex Jr. won it last September. Alex Bowman last April. Brad Keselowski won it in September of 2020. And then Truex Jr. again won it in September of 2019. So the biggest thing that sticks out to me outside of Martin Truex Jr. being on there twice is, as you said earlier in the show, Richmond seems to be a Toyota track. You have three of the five past winners being Toyota drivers. So, Mike, let me ask you, when you look at, at Richmond, we we look at uh, all the variables that comes with it, the long green flag runs. What are you anticipating this weekend? Can't a lot of a lot of green flag runs. <laughs> I mean, just just being honest. Um, I but I expect uh, what I kind of said earlier. I expect guys like Bubba Wallace, Martin Truex Jr., um, Eric Almarola, who's very solid at Richmond, to who are right there on the bubble uh, to run great races, and Ryan Blaney included. You know, um, so I'm excited to see these guys. Um, you know, there's three races left. Usually, Richmond um, is the past for the past few years has been you know in the past has been that last race for the cutoff so um the fact that this is we're three races away um and two after after richmond is over with i think these drivers are going to be pushing man so i'm expecting a lot of green runs unfortunately but i hope at least in the end we get an exciting race that um that we deserve i will say this Knowing the long green flag runs that come with the Richmond, especially over the past five races, it's it's very weird to say a short track becomes a fuel mileage race. But at the same time, I can see that happening. You know, if we get to, you know, the, the last 100, 220 laps are all green flag, no cautions whatsoever, I can 100% see in this be where a driver, you know, they they stay out. You know, they they come down, they they get their their fuel with like 120 laps left, and they're just they're trying to conserve fuel while the others come in for fresh tires and so forth. And I, I mean, I'm gonna tell you, one of the best <laughs> when it comes to fuel mileage, one of the best that's been able to do it. He's collected a couple wins over the past few years. Is Austin Dillon. So it would not surprise me one bit if it does become a fuel mileage race. Austin Dillon wins this. But let's go ahead and jump into that, though. Let, let, let's look at who we pick to win uh, and who our dark horse is for this week's race. So I'm going to go ahead and start it off with you. Uh, well, I sent you a text. Uh, I forgot to upload the image. Again. It's all good. <laughs> um, dude, I'm sorry, man. It's all good, I, man. I, all right. Damn, I'm disappointed, man. I thought dude, I uploaded it's all It's perfectly of them. fine. Um, but I know for, for mine, man, I went... Um, for my winner, I went Denny Hamlin again. Um, uh, we talked about how strong the Toyotas are. I really wanted to go Martin Truex Jr. 
uh, because I do think that he is going to race his ass off. That team is going to give him the best car possible um, because he is good at Daytona. He's okay at Watkins Glen. He can win at Watkins Glen. We've seen him come very close to winning and win at road courses as well. But his best chance, in my opinion, is going to be this weekend at Richmond and in the Federated Auto Parts 400 because of the of his past and just how dominant he has been at this track. So um, I'm going to go with um, Denny Hamlin to – oh, I just mixed up my entire what, entire what I was saying. I was talking about Martin Truex, wasn't I? Well, I mean, you were saying that you you could possibly see him winning. It. Oh yeah, yeah, I could. But so, but I'm gonna go Denny Hamlin as as close and as bad as I, I really wanted to pick Truex to shake up what I predicted to be a that we, I do think we're gonna get 17 winners. I wish I, I I wanted to go for it to start this weekend, but I'm not. Um, so my thing is the dark horse. Yeah. Uh, this is the one that I feel like has a really good chance of winning because he's been solid here as well, and that's going to be William Byron, um, a very great driver at Richmond, um, a lot of top fives. I'm going to go him as my dark horse, and I wouldn't be surprised if he actually wanted to. Okay. Uh, th those are great picks. As we said, Denny Hamlin, he's been so good at Richmond. And as you said, William Byron, I mean, most of the Hendrick cars run pretty well at Richmond. So I wouldn't be surprised if William Byron was able to, to win as well. Uh, for my winner, I think this is where we get our 16th different winner for the year. And I'm going with Martin Truex Jr. Nice. And I'm going to tell you why. L listen to these, these stats. I mean, I almost didn't believe it when I, I was looking at them. In the past six races at Richmond, he has three wins, six top tens, and six top fives. Okay. His average finish in these last six races is second. He's led 23% of those laps of those last six races. He's just when you when you think Richmond, I think one of the first drivers that comes to mind in the past, you know, five, six years is Martin Truex Jr. So I know that his back is up against the wall, but I feel like he can breathe a little easier knowing that a very good track of his is coming up in Richmond. So I'm going with Martin Truex Jr. for the win. And looking at my dark horse, I actually went with a guy who does not have much success at Richmond at all. But he has found a lot of speed this year, and that's Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, he, he has four career starts at Richmond, zero top fives, zero top tens. His average finish there is 14th. So, you know, that's he, a real dark horse. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not a driver who, based off of the statistics, does well at Richmond. But I just know that, you know, what he, he has two wins this year. He, he has speed at almost every track this year. I can see him finally putting it all together at Richmond and possibly stealing one. Nice, man. I like that. I like I like your pick, too. Like I said, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all, obviously, if Martin Truex wins the race. He has a track record to prove it, man. So um, I think it's going to wrap up the show, dude. It was a great uh, first podcast for the yeah. uh, four wide podcast. Uh, we're both going to the Richmond race this weekend, so hopefully we get um, – really great race the weather looks good yes. um i know you're never supposed to say that but there's actually <laughs> absolutely no like i looked they, we're good we're good so i feel confident in saying that there was a stretch there it. where the past few years where uh or uh um and a few years ago where all it did was rain and it kept getting rescheduled and rescheduled so um i'm hoping for a great race uh i wish it was a night race so bad there's nothing there's nothing like racing in richmond under the lights so 
but it's going to be a good one, man. Um, what are you looking forward to most going back to the to the track? I mean, just as a fan, you know, just the atmosphere, man, just having, you know, 40, 50,000 people just going absolutely insane, seeing these professional drivers, the top in the world, just, you know, itches from each other going 150, 160 miles an hour. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. And for me, especially being a father, you know, this is going to be Eli's fourth time going to the Richmond race. We went to both last year. This will be our second one for this year. So just being able to spend time with him, introducing him to the sport of NASCAR. He absolutely loves it. He has, I don't know, like 25 die cast cars. <laughs> I mean, he he's into it. So it's just not only being a fan, but being able to spend that time with my son there, man. I'm just, I'm excited for it. Yeah, man. There's nothing like the ap- atmosphere at a racetrack. And once that green flag drops, man. I, I'll be I'll be in the suite, man. But there's nothing like being Can't out. Have money. <laughs> they were free. Um, um, there's nothing like being um, outside um, and hearing those cars go by. So no matter if I'm in the suites or not, I always make a trip down um, to the grandstands and walk the fence line uh, for a green flag run because there's nothing like those cars coming by and then you don't really hear nothing and then they come yeah. back around again <laughs> that shit is awesome i remember t- uh, um last spring race i took one of my friends uh that worked at my job with me he had never been and obviously we get tickets so i was like you should come and then we were in the suite he was like oh this isn't bad we, we walked down there for the- one of the green flags and he was like holy shit <laughs> man was blown away he was like this is awesome I remember when we, uh, me and Eli went to the first Richmond race last year, which was his first race uh, ever. And I made sure that he had like his headphones and stuff so that, or his earmuffs, so it wouldn't be hurting yeah. his ears. And <laughs> he just, he was like, I don't think it's going to be too loud. So when, when the cars were, you know, before the race started, how the cars are, you know, getting in line, making like the pace laps or whatever, yeah. uh, you, they're, they're not going full throttle. So they're not as loud. So he had his, his uh, earmuffs off. He was like, this isn't bad. The minute that green flag dropped and those boys got up to speed, he threw them things on quick, man. <laughs> That's funny. Dude. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate we appreciate everybody tuning in to the four Y podcast um, Facebook live. It'll be up on Spotify, Apple podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Um, I remember when uh, we talked about this, man, it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be a good 35, 40 minute podcast. Here we are over an hour. So uh, right at an hour. So, um great getting back on the microphone with you man uh looking forward to the rest of the nascar season of course let's do it let's do it all right everybody thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one